1: What's going on, FPL managers? Welcome to a new video from Fantasy Football Scout. We're back for game week eight. God, the international break has been really, really long and boring, hasn't it? I'm joined by Rob. How are you today, mate?
0: Yeah, good, mate. Good to be back talking FPL stuff. And I agree. I hate the international break. I really do. It's. uh I'm not a big fan of games like Andorra. And did you see Courtois came out and said, you know, it's just too many... Too many games for, for footballers to might even take a break, especially with World Cups and stuff possibly be coming every two years. It's, yeah, better just stick to the Premier League for me.
1: Absolutely. I use it as an excuse to have a bit of time off. So I haven't really been watching any international football, uh, which is probably part of the problem, isn't it? Missing football in general, missing the Premier League. Well, the good news is it's back in five or six days. We've got a Saturday kickoff, Liverpool versus Watford. I'll be looking for some team news with Alexander Arnold, the centre of attention for me looking to come back into the team we'll have a look at our teams later on in the stream but first i think we're going to look at uh quite a lot of the detailed stats from each position we'll have a look at some teams some interesting things going on so yeah let's get on with it and um we'll look at some interesting sort of fixtures uh it's top of the ticker time and it's um aston villa at the top there um which is is an interesting one isn't it rob because Oh, I'm not really looking at any players from Aston Villa, but they've got some great fixtures. I've got Douglas Luiz as my cheap enabler, 4.5. But is there anyone I'm missing, like Danny Ings, like a cheeky differential? People
0: have said since Watkins has come back, he's looked really sharp, pretty hungry. Um, But I completely agree, to be honest, Ted. People were eyeing up Bailey because he looked like he made an impact, but, I mean, he's already injured and he's flagged. And it feels like this international break is also just fills us all with flags, right? That mm. people are either not coming back from international duty or getting injured on international duty. So you've got the likes of Lukaku who's come home early. You've got Varane who's just gone off injured. You've got Rudiger who's just missed training with Germany but possibly in contention. Uh, Rafinha's not going to be back. Uh, you know, the Brazilian guys aren't going to be back, right? Just feels like uh, an era of flags. So you're not going to get the likes of Bayley in. Douglas Louise is now 4.6, but as an enabler, I could. I went with Brownhill because he's 4.4, and with my method, he's going to be my third bench. So I didn't feel like it was worth paying with 0.1. but yeah. Watkins at 7.3 uh, or Ings at 7.9. Would you it's, look at the defense? It, I, no, I personally I... won't. I, I'm because, and again, we'll come on to, to, to this later. But I think you can agree now. Finally, with me about putting a little bit more money in defence, right? You must have seen a lot of people (laughs) going to Chelsea, to City, or at least three of
1: them. How long into the stream has it been? Three minutes, and you're already floating the big at the back. Yes, 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 yes,
0: yes. Come on, be be honest, right? Be honest people are spending more money on defenders
1: yeah, right? yeah yeah but this is just this is just a trend yeah and you're going to be touting it all season
0: <laughs> um, yeah, um, oh, yeah we're in the now ted we're here
1: and <laughs> now okay right? fine we'll give it to you you know this is your moment to Thank shine you. big Thank in the back you. blah 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 double so, chelsea double city uh,
0: what what defenders have you got
1: I've got Cancelo, Rudiger, and um, hopefully Trent with my transfer this week.
0: That's quite a lot of money in defense.
1: Okay. It is, it is a fair amount, but it's still three. It's still three at the back. So, um... so
0: I mean you've got Mings has been smashing it, cash has been smashing it, but you're talking five, five point one million. I've got Christensen in my team, and I know sometimes I rotate out, but are you gonna spend five million on a villa defender?
1: I don't know, I mean, the the interesting thing, we'll come to goalkeepers in a minute, but Martinez has had a little bit of a boost since his slump at the start of the season. So he's actually looking not bad, but 5.5 for a goalkeeper is still a bit of a struggle. But I think, yeah, Villa are a bit of a strange one because they've got some good fixtures and they're coming into some form, but there's not really any standout option from them, which is interesting. You mentioned the international break and all of the niggly injuries, the yellow flags we've got. I think probably most of them, especially the likes of Lukaku with his muscle fatigue, is just an excuse to to let the the player back at the club, not to yeah. get too fatigued um, during the international break. So fingers crossed, all of those uh, superfluous flags are just going to be absolutely fine when we get to the presses at the end of the week. Um, the more concerning elements are the definitely the the Rafinhas, the the Brazilian and Argentinian players. We're not hundred percent sure whether they're going to be playing in Game Week Eight. And you can see Leeds their second on the fixture ticker with some excellent fixtures. Uh, there's no way I'm selling Rafinha. He's he's no. staying on my team. So yeah. it just I'm, I'm thankful that I've just wild I've got a decent bench, uh, the likes of Ben White to step in against Palace. If it if it has to be the case, and that's fine. Um, So I think Rafinha is a standout option from Leeds. I'm not sure many people own um, many other players like the Bamfords of of this world. Uh, Bamford's been injured the last couple of weeks. So um, I think it's only Rafinha which is the main concern from Leeds. Uh, Arsenal there third. Uh, Anyone who's wildcarded or wildcarding this week then might have Ramsdale in their team. They might have Smith-Rowe. They might have Saka. Uh, Plenty of Arsenal um, options raising their heads for this run of decent fixtures. And we've got Leicester and Liverpool in there, but uh, elsewhere their fixtures are pretty decent. Um, Brentford, I think, are a really good talking point. A lot of hype at the start of the season, but um, Mbamo and Tony um, are definitely going to be excellent options from game week 10, especially. Uh, Have you got any Brentford assets in your team, Rob?
0: Yeah, I've got Tony and I and I made a a huge error because I had Raya or Raya the goalkeeper at 4.5 and when I hit the wild card um I'd taken him out for Guaita instead of my four million goalkeeper and then he went up by 0.1 million and I couldn't bring him back Ah. so and but I'm happy with Guaita at Palace you can see they're just below Brentford there um but yeah I completely agree. It's, it's gonna be on and it's gonna be be Betonian. And my only small argument here is I could see that uh Leicester on your fixture ticker is 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 more difficult, but I've watched Leicester like all season and I know they went two up against Palace, they scored two goals, but Leicester have been so, so poor. Like usually like they'll do 70% of a season and they're amazing, and then they blow the champ. The last two seasons have been this this system of 80 percent of the season they're on fire doing really well then towards the back end they kind of throw away that top four space um and it's the opposite the start of the season so bad they were so so lucky to get goals against palace and i will i want to hold my hands up right now about crystal palace i've often in the past few years always said that i have no interest in crystal palace at all like they are just like the you might have Zaha, and that's it. You never get a striker from there. You never want to get any midfielders. You might we used to get like a one Wambasaki when he was there, right? Or maybe a Guaita. But I will hold my hands up now and say that Crystal Palace. I didn't believe they were going to pull it off with Vieira coming in. I thought it was too much, too soon, too many changes to change your identity from a. I don't. I don't want to say long ball side or a physical side, but they have changed their footballing identity to this playing playful style i think they've genuinely been really good to watch and yeah they have, they have three points against leicester in my opinion not not one
1: yeah i completely agree i think um i think it certainly looked a bit dodgy at the start of the season i think we were a little bit skeptical about whether vieira would do anything special at the club but the new signings like conor gallagher has been uh, a revelation i think at the start of the season like more than he could have expected vieira and um like They've got Eze to come back. Uh, I think he's out for long term though. But a are lots but of. Ex- I, think,
0: I think he's back in training now.
1: Oh, is he? Okay. They're
0: slowly, slowly starting to build up because they took pictures and it was. Uh, Crystal Palace said something like everybody liked that, like a picture of him in training, and you know it's like a meme, right? So yeah, everybody <laughs> liked it. Uh, so I think he's slowly starting to to get back into it. Uh, yeah, which is great to see. He's a young lad, and it was nice to see a, an injury like that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And he will only strengthen that team. And a lot of flair in that side now is Zaha, Eze, Gallagher, and this new new striker, Eduard, And the other he one, really uh, what good. is
0: it, Alise, Al- Alise, yeah. young lad who, who came off the bench and scored as well. Yeah, his uh, so- defenders as well, it, well, I don't want to butcher his name, the one that they got from Chelsea, Gwehi. I
1: have no idea how to pronounce it.
0: He plays centre-half with Anderson, which is a lot easier to pronounce.
1: Yeah, I mean, Anderson himself is a really good signing. He really impressed at Fulham last last season. I think he was standout, even though Fulham weren't particularly solid. But
0: mm.
1: Anderson definitely... Um was up was above the parapet in terms of attention there so i think they made some decent signings and i think it's an interesting one because when you go to palace you thought oh they're just going to sit back and make it hard for teams but they're going to be playing more expansively um which may may open up some some chances for the more attacking side so you could, yeah, i guess you watch that balance but uh six on the fixture ticker they've got some good fixtures coming up and you've got two um palace players on your team in color gallagher and um guaita the goalkeeper so you're pretty presumably quite happy about those those difficulty of the fixtures um the other team we haven't mentioned here is obviously chelsea i think a lot of people looking to double or triple up on chelsea um more so in defense and maybe with lukaku um interesting ones because they haven't had that much they haven't scored that many goals i mean their defense has been it's been decent i'm talking about lukaku in particular really so we're taking a leap of faith with lukaku really hoping that he gets some form he really should have scored uh, in that last game that chance he missed from that mount cross was was uh, yeah. was blatant so
0: did you watch the uh, so i watched the 90 minutes for the chelsea game and I, i'll tell you right now i had zero fear if i was watching that game and i didn't have lukaku i i had no fear he was nowhere I, honestly I, but it's so strange to say that when he's had a goal ruled offside he's hit the post from about four yards and when werner scored his goal he was almost bear hugging werner from behind right <laughs> so it's so weird to have watched that game and seen him do like absolutely nothing but to still have three huge uh, occasions happen to him in that game. Yeah, uh,
1: uh, it was very frustrating, but brilliant. I think that's that's the sort of player that he can he can he can be uh, he can transition to be any sort of type of player the the hold up player to feed on the wingers or to just be that goal poacher in the box. And he he definitely was more of that in that game. Uh, I think he's versatile enough to to get get FPL points in any game. So I think because he's got the likes of Brentford, Norwich, Newcastle, Burnley, some decent fixtures in the next four, then he, there's no doubt he's going to score some some goals. And I think he's going to be a really good captaincy option, especially in game week nine and ten. Um, yeah, on another day, he'd have got a
0: double-digit hole.
1: Yeah, exactly. On, a, exactly. on another
0: day, he'd have gone in or Werner wouldn't have been there or... Rudiger could have played that ball just a split second earlier and was was sat here saying Lukaku's an obvious choice and he's not blanked three in a row and he could be your captain this week right it's mm. it's just one of them it's, it's just one of them
1: yeah I was yeah really, I brought in Mason out last week as well so on my wild card I so I was really annoyed that he missed that chance
0: <laughs> no you, you got Matt you got Matt I thought he got Matt in on minus four no, and no, then no, he no, was no, benched no, that no. first game
1: no, no oh. we're not talking about those those game weeks where Mason Crestwell oh, sorry, yeah, sorry. No <laughs> Mason we're Mount totally, has done the he's, yeah, done, the, <laughs> <on that. laughs> he's done the hokey cokey in my team, Mason Mount. Um very annoying, but I'm gonna persist because he did look lively at the end of that game. So uh we're done with fixtures here, we're gonna move on to talk about um just under and over performance quickly. Um I've been sort of touting about wolves specifically for a while, but I just wanted to emphasize how the underperformance and overperformance in the team we're talking xg specifically can change rather quickly in sort of five game week cycles Uh, and it's something to make to make note of when you're bringing in players so the table on the left is the xg delta non-penalty from game weeks one to five and the table on the right is the last two game weeks game weeks six to seven and what you can see here is that on the left, the first five game weeks, Man United, Chelsea, West Ham, Everton, they're at the bottom end of the last couple of game weeks table, which just shows that if a team is overperforming, they're probably going to be underperforming in the next six. Uh, so I'd probably expect that to continue in the table on the right. And contrastly, you've got Wolves there at the bottom, minus seven. Arsenal, Burnley, Liverpool there at minus 1.66 those two or those four sorry have moved up to the top of the table and Wolves have actually started overperforming with the likes of Huang scoring those two really difficult efforts uh, Jimenez has really been really good but it just shows I think that it doesn't matter about the chances that a team creates as long as they continue to create chances that variant is going to sort itself out uh, after a while but I, I find it's really interesting and I mean, barring a few exceptions like Norwich and Southampton, who haven't changed place, the it's pretty consistently flipped, like in yeah. the other direction. Don't you think? Um, you could you could just go through all of the examples and say otherwise. But I guess a concern for us is that Chelsea had overperformed. Uh, specifically, we're bringing in lots of Chelsea players, Lukaku or whatever. And the suggestion is that they might underperform a little bit. Obviously that might not be a massive issue if they continue to make loads of chances, they'll score, you know, eight goals instead of 10 goals. You know, it probably doesn't matter that much, but, um, yeah, I just found it interesting just to, just to quote this and, um, you know, it's good for Arsenal, Arsenal performed at the for, underperformed in the first five game weeks. They're now expected to overperform same as Liverpool. So yeah. What do you think about this, Rob? Um,
0: <laughs> this is this is the moment <laughs> you've been waiting for where I give you a, a pat on the back. Um, because your theory that you have stuck by is backing massively underperforming teams. Uh, and you went with Raul Jimenez and he's paid you back the last couple of games. I think, I think uh, Huang He Chan would have been a stretch, a bit more of a punt. Like you chose Jimenez for that that 90 minute sort of security, right? That talisman idea. Um, but the fact that we, we both have said since what like game week two, game week three, that wolves have been fantastic and they've been hugely underperforming, not just in stats, but in terms of watching the games, you can't believe they're not scored. Um, and that was your, your idea is backing those really valuable underperforming players. And, you know, it's come back and and helped you a lot. Uh, and you're (laughs) definitely right. It feels like the middle ones have stayed near the middle and you can see, so it's the first five game weeks you said, right?
1: First five game weeks on the left, uh, the last yeah. couple. So yeah. it's not it's not a like for like. I've just wanted so, to sort of demonstrate that there was a big change going on. But hmm. obviously, this is you know this is still sort of seven game weeks worth. It's not. It's a small sample yeah. size still. But I mean, I went through the whole of last season and did all, did all these calculations, and it did suggest this. So yeah. I would say keep an eye on it. Um, I think a really good play this season is to keep an eye on teams that are creating a lot of chances, have a decent amount of XG, but who are underperforming. So that means that may- maybe quite a lot of FPL managers would- won't own their assets because they are not scoring. Um, but if you jump on them early, this mm. sort of process suggests that maybe they'll start overperforming in the next six game weeks and you can get on those players like Jimenez before everyone else. Uh, and that has definitely come to fruition. Uh, people asking in the chat, what is XG Delta? I may not have uh, described that uh, very clearly. XG Delta is literally just the difference between the XG, the expected goals that a team gets, and the actual goals that they've scored. If they've, um, if the XG Delta is positive, it means that they've scored way more goals than the XG actually suggests, um, which means that they're overperforming. Um, And and contrastly, if they if they're a negative XG Delta, it means that they're scoring less than maybe they should have. Maybe got a little bit unlucky. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I I just thought that was interesting. We can go on and talk about goalkeepers now. Um, So I'm going to bring up the goalkeeper chart. Uh, So let me just let me just explain this. We've got all the goalkeepers um, that have played in the last six game weeks. So game week one drops off because we've had seven game weeks. I typically look at the last six because it has that balance of form um, and stats. And yes, we have those long long term tendencies. But if you continue to bring in all of the stats, then you lose the the recency, uh, the effect of form that is so, so important to to make notes of. So on this chart, we've got saves across the bottom towards the right. So the goalkeepers are making the most saves further to the right. And the XG prevented is basically a representation of that goalkeeper's ability to stop shots on goal, uh, which is basically XG on target conceded uh, and the goals conceded. So you've got Ramsdale up there at the top, who's the best for XG uh, prevented that little those two numbers in his circle 0.53 that's the xg on target that he's conceded 0.25 is the goals that he's conceded so he's conceding fewer goals than the xg on target actually um, suggests therefore he's preventing more shots than many other goalkeepers and that, i think that's a, a pretty good uh, example of how good an option ramsdale can be this season if he keeps his place uh ever since he's come back into the team for arsenal arsenal being arsenal been getting results uh, and a couple of well is it three clean sheets now rob i can't i can't remember but i think it might have been three clean sheets yeah uh only one goal conceded so very decent um so yeah, i guess the main points to talk about here are you've got four quadrants basically the bottom right is goalkeepers that maybe concede more than they should but make a lot of saves so we'll get save points uh the top right is where you ideally want to pick a goalkeeper from lots of saves and good ability Um, the other element we have to consider is the numbers in the circle we want those to be low which means that the team is conceding Um, quite a few amount of xg which means they're not really conceding any many shots so the likes of ramsdale has been really good in that respect and um raya and allison and edison even sanchez they've been conceding a fairly low amount of of xg and martinez is in there i mentioned aston villa earlier Um, Mm -hmm. martinez was bottom right of this chart uh, in the last six so clearly their game week one fixture against watford which i think they lost three two That has dropped off, and now Aston Villa have shown that maybe they are starting to look fairly solid defensively again. Um, So, Rob, you've gone Guaita. Uh, He's not in a hugely bad place. Um, Similar to Raya, though, uh, I'm not 100% sure whether that's because they've been playing some difficult opposition recently that might be hindering it. I think Guaita is a decent option, but certainly the best options seem to be Mendy, if you can fork out. Ramsdale and even like Meslier from Leeds, but Leeds have looked shaky. Like They've looked shaky defensively. Yes, really. So yeah, it's an just, interesting one. I got. So
0: just about the, the 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 goalkeepers. I remember when I had Martinez at the start of the season, and you had this chart, and he was all the way down. I said, "I'm telling you, give it a few weeks, and it'll be top right." Um, so again, now he's getting these fixtures. I think he's going to keep sneaking up, but five point five million now um uh yeah i don't know he could be worth it i mean if he's there and he pulls out nine points every week he's worth 5.5 million isn't he i just want to talk about ramsdale like a lot of people um on the wild cards this week or last week i must have seen it a bunch of times and you must have as well Ramsdale foster double up is that what you have yeah that's what you have as well right (laughs) now and i completely agree Arsenal have been better but still not fantastic right they've had one really good result against Spurs but it's still not been like they're not the nil nil against Brighton is where Brighton should have won isn't exactly something to write home about are you and and you say he gets clean sheets he's doing saves he's doing well he's, he's high up on the chart but are you not Leno's not done like i understand ramsdale's come in but i think the fixtures have been easier for ramsdale to get clean sheets um than it has that other than it was for for leno right because the start of the season game week uh two the the first so game week one was brentford right they were terrible brentford surprise surprise package you don't know what you're gonna get newly promoted side game week two chelsea game week three manchester city so yeah of course they got smashed and then and then Ramsdale comes in and he gets Norwich Burnley and Brighton as his clean sheets and concedes against Spurs so part of it is I understand that he's got the clean sheets now but you look at the the games that Leno had Brentford City uh, Brentford Chelsea City and then you look at the teams Ramsdale's face Norwich Burnley Spurs and Brighton it, it's a little bit unfair, right, to judge. Yeah. And I just don't think that Leno is. I don't think he's done. Like, don't be surprised. And if in a in a week or two, you're gonna have. Foster is he nailed over Bachman right now? Because Bachman was injured, and they're not. We don't know. I don't think he's nailed. And he made a, he made a blunder. Uh Was it this game? We called the game week before. And then you've got Ramsdale and Leonard. I just would not be surprised if, if you know, Backman comes back in for Watford. And then... I mean, it
1: doesn't really even matter. Even if it's one in
0: every five game weeks, you're still going to have one in every five game weeks where you, you've got a, 10 men.
1: Yeah, but I mean, goalkeeper. the four million goalkeeper doesn't matter because I'm picking Foster because he's playing at the moment. He might continue to play. Yes. If he doesn't, then whatever, it's fine. Um, yes, there's obviously... Um, some justification to say I'm going to pick the four million goalkeeper from the expensive goalkeeper that you're picking, the yeah. four point five or the five as a backup, because if they don't play, then that four million is likely to play. But there's not many examples. Maybe Sanchez. There um, yeah, there's not I, many I, I examples. You can do about that. This, no. Yeah, we we did last no. time. I completely get your point about at Ramsdale. Um, the fact you're he's not worried.
0: It, you're not worried about Leno. I mean, yeah. like I said, I know he's kept clean sheets, but you look at the opposition, and I just don't think Leno's just done. No, I don't think he's I, never going to play for Arsenal again.
1: I get that, and you could say the long. same about Kepper with uh, with Mendy. Like Kepper did well in the one match; he was throwing a bone to. Uh, yeah, of course. Like Leno seems like a decent keeper, but as long as Ramsdale keeps making making saves, keeping clean sheets, um, maybe long term his position might be might be rotated, might be at risk. But I mean, they made the signing that sure obviously shows intention that they no. want Ramsdale as number one, mm. and and then, and so, as soon as he gives arteta some doubt that he might not be better than leno then then we can start worrying about it but sometimes we do overthink these things just put the guy in who's doing well at the moment not overthink it ramsdale gets clean sheets got good fixtures can't see that he's going to get rotated in the next six so we'll just see and um if if it becomes a problem in the future then we just have to you know swallow our pride and make a goalkeeper transfer yeah, It yeah it just is what it is at 4.5 he's super good value and mm. over the likes of sanchez who is a steady eddie like he's going to get six points or two points every week um i just think ramsdale is a little bit more exciting but there's plenty of other options out there, out there. and um again guite is okay i think raya probably without looking at these numbers objectively is really decent um a decent shout because brentford have been uh, really impressing and that I think he made like a super save Raya against was it Jota uh, when he played against Liverpool and it was like contender for the save, save of the season so like Raya is decent very decent goalkeeper and I'm sure his stats will improve when um when uh, Brentford gets some easier fixtures coming game, forward. Game
0: week nine I think game week nine or ten Brentford has the fixture swing that's why I went yeah. Tony now because just getting there early and no, yeah, well, exactly.
1: Yeah. The only thing that concerns me about this chart is Alisson has dropped off a little bit, which is interesting. I'm not sure whether that's representative of the the, uh, the fixtures they've had in the past. I think they've played Chelsea and City recently, and so maybe that's just he's getting unlucky with the goals that he conceded. But I think Alisson's like objectively a really decent goalkeeper, so I wouldn't worry about it too much. But it's interesting to see the state of play of the goalkeepers. Um, probably won't dwell too much longer uh, and we can move to defenders. Um, so let's have a look at the chance diagram for defenders. And we've got uh the four main attacking um elements here. We've got small chances created on the left, big chances created on the on the right, and then the shots in the middle in the yellow and green, the small chances, which are more difficult efforts, and the big chances in green, which are the easy ones. And I guess with defenders. The, the shots are typically dominated by either the players that take free kicks or from set pieces uh, like defending, sorry, um, from uh, heading the ball fairly close to goal. So you've got like the likes of Matip and Van Dyke, Laporte, all that sort of stuff, Ben Mee. Uh, but you've also got Semedo, who seems to be bombing forward. And we know when we've watched Wolves, Jimenez tends to try and get Semedo in. But Semedo hasn't really been converting, so that's a, that's a pity one thing to say about mm. this is that alexander arnold was bumped off the small chance created by matt ritchie but this isn't normalized for per game so the fact that no. alexander has missed a couple of games just means that he's uh handicapped in that respect so definitely worth considering that um bit of context but it, i actually I created this and i was like is it that useful because a lot of people are going to be you know bringing in a chelsea defender and, it's, and alonso is basically a no-go now because he probably going to be rotated, if not lost oh. his place to Chelsea. Uh, sorry, to Chilwell. Chilwell, Chilwell, <laughs> yeah. <at> Chelsea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, even though he's got crazy stats on here, um, it's a bit misleading. I'd say Luke Shaw's got tough fixtures, so it's a bit of a bit of a tricky one. And no one in their right mind is going to be bringing him that Richie, are they? <laughs> well,
0: <laughs> and... <laughs> hang on to your hat, mate. No. <laughs> I, am i right in saying that matt rich is on corners for newcastle because that would massively explain all yeah. of these small chances yeah but is you know big chances is there with one um
1: exactly he's not yeah. on
0: the green list he's, he's 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 six on small chances so that just tells me he's getting it in the box and it's coming off uh, somewhere someone's head on probably joe linton or whatever pinging it off in yeah, the like so. I think that's, he's on set pieces he's in there, I think. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. So I mean he's on set pieces, but yeah, I'm not uh maybe when Matt Richie's crossing the ball into Mbappe and, <laughs> and Lewandowski uh
1: we might maybe change you you think they'd have a better left back by then? You think? Oh, I don't but know.
0: they would have focused on the attack before the defense, right? So, do
1: you, oh you see it
0: now assist Matt Ritchie goal Lewandowski? Oh,
1: no. uh, Matt Ritchie essential. Oh yeah. my God! Well,
0: four point nine million, and he's crossed it. Is is on all set pieces. He's given the ball into to all of all the big players in the world, like Haaland on the end of a cross. <laughs> oh, I
1: can't Matt wait for that! Time. Can't wait. Matt no, is, it's essential i think it's good for the premier league actually it's just going to make it even more of a, a class league and and they yeah. can spend what was
0: it 150 million or something because of fair play because it's probably because of ashley's tight fists of not letting go of any money they can uh just go out there and be like boom his yeah, or but... we'll get all the three contracts, or whatever. It's like smash. But
1: you, you remember know. when City did it? Well, I can't remember. Yeah,
0: did, Didn't Rabinho we thought he was going to United? Like, oh, you're going to sign for Manchester? And he was like, oh, yeah, here we go. And then <laughs> it was like Man City. And it was like, what's this?
1: So they've got to prepare themselves for Rabinho transfers initially, I think. Because the yeah. status of the club isn't there. Uh, not obviously, uh, take that with your oh. pinch of salt. <laughs> take that with pitch of salt. I mean, in terms of. <laughs> his um the the players that they have in the squad i mean as in they're not going to be attracting back-ends. no champions league no yeah, european yeah, yeah. football exactly.
0: But, like, exactly okay let's just pretend that you are uh, a superstar footballer right in the italian league or wherever if i was a newcastle employee director of football whatever and i come to you mr superstar footballer and i say to you look we want you and by the way we've also got harland we've also got mbappe we've also got these guys you know if you all agree to come that'll be our team next season you wouldn't you wouldn't i, I know i'm not and look newcastle have a huge passionate fan base with a huge stadium a lot of history still got the all time top goal scorer alan shearer the you know the big club up north, really a lot of passion there to pull it. You wouldn't be pulled in by that if you were a bit Yeah, it, it might be enough,
1: especially if, you know, the owners come to you and say, this is our three to five year plan and go, oh, these are the players we want to target. Then you've got to obviously bite the bullet and say, yeah, I'm going to be the first one to, to come in and change that picture, especially with the financial backing. It's hugely promising for that club. So, yes, the the prestige of that that history, Um, The fact that they've got a huge fan base and incredible infrastructure and all that sort of stuff definitely is going to be playing a part. So, yeah, it'll be interesting who their first big signing is. Um, But I I just think that they're not not going to be signing, you know, the Champions League players straight away. They've got to try and be clever with their scouting initially. But, yeah, I I think it's still good. Like, more more money in the Premier League. I I guess, obviously, the smaller clubs might feel differently. But... um, Especially with that Super League talk, if you monopolise the top six, top seven clubs even more, then that becomes um, isolating to the rest of the league. So that does pose an issue, I suppose. But in terms of having all of the best players in the world in the same league, I'm all for that.
0: Yeah, I, th- I just think it's so funny that the 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 owners all tried to do an emergency meeting, <laughs> like uh, uh, saying it's damaging the brand and it's not good for the Premier League. And these are the same owners that literally tried to do a breakaway Super League.
1: Yeah, exactly. So,
0: yeah, it's it's pure and simple fear, right? Yeah, there's there's a bit of hypocrisy
1: there, of course. Uh Um, But you're always going to get that. Uh, But anyway, back to the defenders. Um, We talked about Matt Ritchie too much, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, yeah, if you're looking for a cheap defender, likes of uh, Duffy looks pretty good value at 43 um, if you want someone a bit more exciting than Ben White, maybe, I don't know. Uh, if you don't want to triple up an Arsenal in your wild card. Um, Canceling. I, Li-
0: I know Livermental uh, is not on the list, but for me, he's the key that unlocks so many doors for value and, and money elsewhere. Is he 4.2 yeah. now, or is he still 4.1? Yeah, I think he's 4.2. He's 4.2 now. He's so adventurous at right back. They've got the fixture swing. They've got Leeds, Burnley, Watford Villa, Norwich in the yeah. next run of fixtures. You can see him. It doesn't matter who Southampton has played. And I know they not been fantastic uh offensively or necessarily defensively, but you can see him no fear, right? When they when they when they play the teams, like when they play United, for example, he just still would bomb forward and have a go at Luke Shaw um so i just think for 4.2 million and that's what my defense is at the minute it's two chelsea two city and livermento
1: yeah no i completely agree with you about livermento he looks really exciting and i think he actually is on the list he's just because there's so many defenders on like one big chance created or one big chance or whatever uh he's just probably slipped down i think he has some decent stats overall um but because the attacking stats of defenders is fairly condensed and fairly sort of grouped up he's maybe just not on this chart but he does he does make an appearance occasionally um but yeah i I think a 4.2 is excellent value especially with southampton's fixtures just to echo what you were saying um so i was going to talk about Cancelo. I think Cancelo is appearing on the, the shooting aspect. He's like really good for shooting, and that's not just from you know heading it. He's he's really good at actually taking shots from outside yes. the box or whatever. Uh and we know that he's good from the last season. He can be very frustrating to own in that respect as well, because he will take a lot of pot shots and they won't go in. Uh but he will haul a couple times in the season because If he shoots and scores, if he keeps a clean sheet and gets max bonus, then that's going to be a massive haul for him. Um, With the creativity side of things, I think he is doing a lot of creating as well. He's just maybe slightly lower on the list uh, compared to the likes of Trent Alexander-Arnold and Luke Shaw and all that sort of stuff. So if you own Catello, I wouldn't lose faith just by seeing this. I think he's a really decent option, especially with Man City's fixtures going forwards. Uh, He's definitely more exciting than the likes of Laporte or Diaz um, in terms of goal threat um or, or assist threat so yeah i think cartello definitely is the best option from that city side um, i think
0: he's um this might be people will disagree with this but i i genuinely think he's the best technical defender football ability he's the like him on the ball his dribbling ability i think there's no there's no defender that comes close like people argue like trent's crossing and passing. I think he's the best for a defender. But in terms of on-the-ball technical ability and ball control and dribbling, Cancelo is just absolutely top-notch. You see him just... He he looks like a winger. He plays like a winger.
1: Um, Yeah, I don't think he really plays uh, in defence, really. He sort of just tucks in. Well, I mean, that
0: comes back to Trent, doesn't it? I think he's more solid defensively than Trent uh, Alexander-Arnold as well.
1: Yeah, it's an interesting one. Like as, you, as soon as you said that, I was like trying to think of like technically really, really talented um, left and right backs. In, in not in terms of their crossing ability or their um, their, their the speed. Ball. Exactly. It's like who's as good as Cancelo? He is. He's definitely up there. Uh, but I can't really think of anyone else. I might have just massively, uh, massively miss someone. But um, but yeah, Cancelo is definitely a good option. He's in my team. Um, is he in your team, Rob? He is, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll have a look at it later. Um, but let's move on from defenders, um, onto midfielders and forwards. I've uh, got another chart up here, which is basically the top 30-odd, uh, I think it might be slightly less than that, uh, midfielders and forwards in the game, uh, the best stats. So we've got big attempts and small attempts, Attempt I'm just classifying as um, shots and chances created combined, and those are split out into the easy efforts, which are the big, big attempts, and the small attempts, which are the difficult efforts. So you can see that there's like a massive dynamic uh, difference between certain players. You've got Mane and Calvert Lewin when he's played uh, more, much more big attempts than small attempts. They tend to. Uh, Prioritise those 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 um, types of chances just because of the positions they get into. Uh, contrastly, you've got Click and Rafinha in particular who tends to shoot from far out and is really good at doing it. So yeah. you can't you can't hinder a player just because they're really good at something completely different. But something to to sort of take note of because those sorts of difficult efforts, no matter how good you are at converting them, they can fall away if you get a slight run of bad form. So uh, Rafinha is going to be first on the chopping block if he starts getting into a run of bad form because that, you know there's less to rely on. There's less easy efforts to rely on. He hasn't scored a big chance. He hasn't um, assisted a big chance yet. It's all been small uh, slash difficult efforts. Mm. But we've got the we've got the, uh, the best players at the top right there, which is Antonio. Antonio's not leaving my team. Uh, and even with bad fixtures, he's just. I did want to talk about it. I think this has
0: been a talking point, people on a wild card. And I have seen people starting to consider selling Antonio. Um, and that's not just because he's, he's blanked. So he, he blanked against Brentford. They looked poor, actually, West Ham in that Brentford game. Brentford well deserved the win in that one. Uh, West Ham came more alive in the second half, but I think overall Brentford deserved it. Um, yes, he got he could have got massive against Leeds. Then obviously he didn't play against United, sent off against Southampton. But I have seen people considering using to sell him, um, but he's just not a sell for you at all.
1: No, he's he's not. If his stats start dropping off, then fine. But I mean, you, you can't. When his form is so good, when his stats are backing up that tremendous form, mm. you cannot prioritize fixtures over that. If he was like a middling, middle of the road player who was had a bit of had a bit of good form, but the stats didn't necessarily back them up, then of course I would consider selling him. But he's beating Fernandez and arguably Salah for for underlying stats and is has a better return rate than than either one. So there's just no reason i'm going to overthink it and get rid of him he stays in my team until he starts dropping off in numbers and west ham are a solid enough team to keep that going in my opinion so yeah antonio is a uh, definitely a hold for me the interesting ones are the ones below ronaldo Is he better than Fernandes? Is Fernandes still a really good option? Obviously, it depends on penalties. But I do think we put too much emphasis on the penalties. I think, you know, because Man United got so many last season, that becomes a bigger talking point when comparing too many United players. But yeah. realistically, are they going to get that many this season? I don't think so. I remember when we started from game week one, didn't we, saying, oh, Fernandes isn't going to be as good an option this season. The, be- the rule change,
0: right? Because About of the
1: VAR value. rule change, exactly. So I don't think it's going to be that much of an issue. I think they're both really good, um, you know, uh, FPL players. Uh, they're, I think Ronaldo probably offers slightly more for the, for the price. Uh, just because he's playing further forward and Fernandes tends to shoot further out. But Fernandes at the moment is disproving that for sure. He, he looks very, very lively. And that that drive, that will to succeed is definitely very, very um, uh, appealing. Um, De Bruyne creeping up on this chart, Rob, uh, does he interest yeah. you at all? Because he's only played a, a couple of games now, a couple of full games, but... Definitely... Yeah. Go on, go on. Now I was just going to say that he's creeping up. He's showing his talent. He's showing he's already getting a few returns. Um, I expect him to be even more top right uh, as the games go on, along with Gundogan. Gundogan's, you know, he's still there from last season. Can we ignore him? <laughs> still,
0: still plugging along. You <laughs> he think he's got a flag, though,
1: Gundogan, at the minute. Yeah,
0: that's true. I think it's 50-50. So. But, yeah, he's he's stat-wise, he's, he's still doing well. Just So I'll just touch on the United, too. I just... And you can include De Bruyne in this. I just feel I love De Bruyne. He's 2% owned Kevin De Bruyne. We're talking about like a great player who is genuinely one of the, when he's fit and that is a key if, right? When he's fit or we're talking about one of the best potential assets at just 2% ownership. But just like Ronaldo, just like Fernandez, it's a lot of money. So I know Seb talks a lot about like his, his front three of value players, right? Um, it just now feels like when we look at Bruno, 11.8 million, you look at Ronaldo, 12.6 million and, and Kevin De Bruyne as well. At, um, what is he now? Kevin De Bruyne, 11.9. I just feel as though it's a lot of money on a player that
1: I'm – unlikely to captain um... I think the premiums are difficult because yeah. obviously we only have space for one or two and um, I guess it depends how your team is set up but obviously you could maybe fit three in if um, if you're getting a lot of budget yeah. players in but at the moment you're not going to go on Man United assets because their fixtures are getting pretty poor and Man City share around the points quite a lot so a lot of our attention is going to be on Salah and Lukaku Certainly, what my attention is on. Um, yes. So, if you're still on a Man United asset, then I don't think there's anything particularly wrong with that. But as long as you prioritise the um, the other players as well, if you can fit two or three in, then that's absolutely fine. Uh, but De Bruyne is definitely an interesting option for me because when he's fit, he stays fit and plays ninety most games. It's just mm. when he then he gets tired or then he gets an injury and then he's out for a bit. So he's actually fairly easy to open because he's very cut and dry. You know exactly what's going on. He's not going to play. Uh, he may not play. He may play. That sort of, um, what's the word? Uh, whether you, you don't know whether he's going to play or not, that's indecision from Pep because Pep definitely prioritizes him. If he's available to okay. play, he will play. So. Agreed. So, yeah, he's definitely one to consider. I'm not sure I would bring him in straight away, but, I mean, he's yeah. definitely worth a gamble if you're looking for an upside chase, for sure. For, for sure,
0: yeah. Because I've, I've
1: got, I've got Salah, Lukaku, and
0: Son. So Son is 10 million, well 10.1 million now. And I'm like squeaky bum time, zero money in the bank. So if you're going to pay an extra 2 million for a player, and, like, for me, three premiums is just a no. Because you're going to sacrifice at least two players in your starting 11 or potentially three just to get that third premium. And I don't think the upside's there. So when we're looking at our premiums now, I think I'm going to say it, salary is essential at the minute. It, I know we can say no one is essential, but salary is right now, in my opinion, the best player in the Premier League at the moment on form this season. And in terms of fpl he's almost double everyone else so he's yeah. on 70 antonio's on 49 values on 48 so that so they're not too far away but in terms of midfielders 44 ben rama is second so Salah's in most people's sides right and we know that because it's 61.3 percent owned and it, like you said i think most people are looking at lukaku so i think the choice now becomes do you maybe because He's not scored it or done anything in the last three games they share the points at chelsea they share the chances you've shown your stats earlier about the, the the delta the xg um and they're potentially going to underperform but the fixtures are turning i mean they've got they've got norwich and newcastle nine and ten like that is just that's just the prime uh time to have chelsea players but i think that's the question i don't think you can have salah and lukaku and one of those those three players that were yeah up, or Ronaldo I, or Kevin De Bruyne
1: I completely agree and I think a lot of people who did go down that route may be now regretting it because the another reason why we didn't talk about was that premium assets they cost you know 10 11 12 million to to get in your team but they don't justify the value until you captain them as opposed to the cheaper players like jota who maybe scores just as much uh, and has much more value to those players you're not necessarily going to captain those players so having three premium assets in your side means you can only captain one of them a week which means the other two don't represent that much value to your team yes. so you're going to be able to sacrifice that third premium player to maybe get some good semi-premium options or spread it throughout your team and i think that does much more Benefit to your entire squad than owning uh, three premiums. So a complete, yeah, I, a complete
0: I have Son who's ten point one, but I'll explain later. Like he was, he's my money holder. He's my wallet. You've got. Uh, he was my two fixture punt. For, exactly. For, then to sell him back for Trent. So, You've got
1: Newcastle game week eight, which is prime fixture for Son, and they're presumably going to sell him to get as you yes, said. Yes, that was get... the
0: plan to get Trent back. Yeah. Yeah. That, exactly. That was the, 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 the plan. So, so I've, I've not got three premiums because. I mean son is I mean it's a premium 10 10 million 10.1 is premium. yeah semi-premium semi-premium but yeah. he's there because of you no know, Trent he's not there because I believe in three premiums
1: yeah exactly. he was my pun
0: you know he's 13.2 percent owned so he does offer me some value there because the players that you're talking about Kevin De Bruyne 2% owned maybe but like the likes of having Ronaldo If you're not captain, I don't want to bring effective ownership up again every time, but it's almost forty-six percent owned, and to have a player that I don't think he's worth twelve point six million anyway, to also have him so highly owned and not captain him, and that means you having to sacrifice other members of your team in your starting eleven, I just don't see the value in in that.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. So let's have a look at some other exciting options on this chart that maybe can go on the watch list for anyone that doesn't own these players. So we've got Jimenez there, who has definitely raised it in the last few weeks. He used to be sort of bottom right there, plenty of small attempts, but not many big attempts. But he's starting to convert his chances now, which probably just puts him head and shoulders above quite a lot of the other uh, other players to prioritise. So that's just made him... um, like a really really decent option with the likes of lukaku similar stats to him and even ronaldo so jimenez for me is is a a must but i'm a little bit biased because of the over under performance thing so i'm attached to jimenez and that his history is fantastic he's done so well for me in the last couple of seasons well, two or three seasons anyway. Um, and to have similar stats as Lukaku is really encouraging. But the, the Brentford boys, Tony and um I uh, always get that pronunciation wrong. It's um Burmo, isn't it? Um, but they definitely are, you know, justifying inclusion in our teams being in the top twenty-five players in the in the entire game. So especially when Brentford uh, have a run of good fixtures from game week ten. We should definitely look to have one of those in our team. Uh and Conor Gallagher, as we've mentioned, like you've got him in your team, Rob. Um yeah. like top top twenty-five players in the game and he's only five point what seven million, something 7, like that. I think, yeah, so really, really decent. And I think he's actually on the shot map we've got coming up next. So the fact that he's squeaked into that is is insane for for such a, a cheap enabler. I would I mean if it wasn't for the the Arsenal fixtures like going over him over Smith Rowe I think is, is that, that definitely... was
0: my decision that was literally my decision and when people were all saying oh I want Saka I want Smith Rowe and I just thought I don't believe in Arsenal and I've watched Palace and they've shown me stuff like he's not even a winger he's not even a forward like an inside forward like uh what salary is to Liverpool like he is playing like I think he's left center mid yeah and he, he's just absolutely everywhere it's like he's a good world yeah, yeah. Yeah, like he of. just gets into the box at the end of the move and finishes it off or has a chance you know he's yeah he's he's fantastic and he's probably playing for me this week because rafinha's killing it in a brazil decent in option.
1: yeah so the short-term fixtures for palace arsenal newcastle at home which is a good one and then man city away. so the two out of the three are sort of middling but definitely that newcastle one can be targeted so bringing him in if you don't have him from maybe game week nine wouldn't be a bad shout because they've got Wolves, Burnley and Villa after Man City so I think Gallag- uh, Gallagher's a good neighbour.
0: Well I, I think I think Palace will go and do Arsenal.
1: Yeah but I wouldn't be surprised. I, I, I reckon they'll, they'll uh, turn him over. Wouldn't be surprised it depends what kind of Arsenal turns up. They're at home, so it depends what Arsenal's fans are doing. I think they've going to have a lot more confidence in them, in the Gunners than uh, in my personal view. So uh, I don't think there's going to be like, a bad atmosphere or anything. So uh, I'm not sure about that game. I think it could go either way. But I wouldn't be surprised if Palace won it. Um, let's just mm. say that. So, yeah, interesting. Uh, Sam Maximan's like a super interesting one. <laughs> I, uh, do we actually have to consider Sam Maximan this year? <laughs> Is he going to get injured? By...
0: Of all, he's such a lovely player to watch isn't he such a character and uh you watch him and he's so exciting um and he was my choice as well so it was callig it was gallagher and smith rowe and my choice was also tony and saint Maximin. and i realized that saint Maximin was just going to be for the next couple of weeks and then i was going to go to tony so i just thought i'm just gonna to go tony now there's just Wilson's out, right? And then when Wilson yeah. comes back, he'll start to spearhead the attack and he'll go back to being more of the, the creator. I think he's been fantastic. I'm, I'm not too sure if he's overachieving a little bit there, but look, we're looking at Newcastle, who are still like winless, right? And flags all over the place, managers maybe in or out, new owners. I just, they've got Spurs, Palace, Chelsea in the next three. In- for £6.8 million, it's not too bad, but no, not for it, me. It, it's not easy next... I mean, and then Brighton after Chelsea. We know Brighton at Brighton uh, is not easy. And then they've got Brentford. So, yeah, the
1: not thing for that, me. The thing that sort of puts an element of doubt about Newcastle now is the, the uncertainty about the status quo of the club. Like, we don't know... Uh, has Steve Bruce been sacked already? Is he about to be sacked? I I, I don't know. Um, and do they know the players think that they're going to have a future at that club? I, I don't know. There's going to be an element of doubt there. So I don't know. Maybe just stay away. I, but certainly Sam Maximan looks like an incredible player. Looks like an option. And I wouldn't be. It wouldn't be a bad shout to bring him into your FPL team if you wanted to. So uh, I don't think it's a bad shout at all. But yeah, just contextually, I, I'm not 100. percent sure uh i would i would go there myself just because there's an le- element of uncertainty about the current status quo um mm. but the other players uh we'll just briefly touch on ben rama actually makes an appearance um in the uh, top 25 statistical players because beforehand he's been overperforming, performing so he's actually come into the chart which is i guess encouraging now that we've all sold him
0: <laughs> it's still he's still like 37 percent owned 36. oh really okay. owned yeah yeah, still, and it kills me every time, but he had two good game weeks, and that was it.
1: I wonder how many w- were zombie teams, that no 37%. But, yeah, interesting. And then Adam Armstrong's, and also an interesting one with Saints' fixtures, um, definitely worth a shout. I mean he's not as strong as some of the other players on this chart, but I mean if you wanted to gamble with a, with a cheaper player. I don't know whether people would go Armstrong over the likes of Huang at Wolves. Um yeah. he seems to be the more popular pick. So uh an interesting one, but I think he's a viable option nonetheless. Um let's go yeah, about him
0: before I said I thought he was going to be like the most valuable or a really great value player at 6 million. They've just I just went for Tony for I think it was 6.3 because of in an attacking sense saints have been really lacking so even though he, he has these shots he, he's he's famous for having lots of shots and lots of attempts but southampton uh, attacking wise have, have not really done particularly well so i think for 0.3 million with the fixtures coming their way would you go tony or would you go armstrong or would you go down to huang yeah. um it's, it's tough, you know, because, I mean, a lot of us are going to have an Antonio and Lukaku as a front two or Antonio and Ronaldo as a front two. So that third slot, it's either a throwaway, like a 4.5 million and you, you don't have a playing option, or you go down to someone like Wang or have a good seven, like a Jimenez, have a real power front three. I just don't think Armstrong gets into a lot of sides. Yeah,
1: yet. it's an interesting one. So I've just put up the average shot distance, um, up on the up on the graphics and we've got adam armstrong there but i mean he's shooting a bit further out that these are the top 17 uh, players for number of shots in the last six game weeks um and you've got the their their breakdown of the types of shots they've had around them so the the green is shots on target yellow is shots blocked and red is shots off target. So the likes of uh, Umbermo is shooting fairly close to goal. And he's he's 15 shots is pretty good. A lot of shots off target. So I'm not sure <laughs> yeah. whether that actually um, is something to to worry about. Or whether the fact that he's having an, a lot of shots is just fine. Um, but contrastly, you've got the likes of Salah and Mane who have... Um, and Antonio, of course, who having the most number of shots. But Salah is pretty good at keeping the ball, getting the ball on target. More than any other player. Uh, and you've got the the players that shoot really far out at the bottom with Rafinha, Fernandes, Benrama, Trossard and Kane snuck in uh to the to the average shot distance chart which is interesting because we haven't really been consider- considering Harry Kane but oh. 15 shots fairly decent fairly, you know he might get a bit of form now uh, who knows but Trossard there I, he doesn't interest me um rafinha interestingly has a lot of shots off target but we consider him his technique really decent and i guess this stat can be a little bit misleading because good strikers um you know good attacking players tend to go for the corners and i think rafinha does that uh, yeah. fairly often so maybe it's it's not worth penalizing a player too much it's, especially fernandez also echoes that that um that trend but um I think this is a really interesting chart. We've got Jota and Lukaku and Mane shooting close to goal. We're um, really encouraging for Lukaku owners, I think, as long as he can continue to goal hang and and feed off the likes of Mason Mount, Um I think that Chelsea team is going to change a little bit in the coming game weeks to feed Lukaku rather than uh just go all out attack. So I think when yeah, did, did he
0: say Mount and I think he said Mount and coverage coverage uh, yeah. they really understand the Kaku. Am I right in saying that? Yeah that was part
1: of the reason why he came out and
0: said like oh yeah they was it Kovitic as well it wasn't just Matt was yeah. it just Matt? I thought it was both of them really <laughs> get the Kaku so everyone's like oh here we go. You know Kovic is like what is he five point one million and Mount is like seven seven point five is he mount or seven point four did he drop down
1: i think he might he might have even dropped a second time seven point yeah. three so everyone's thing.
0: like oh here we go and, and then then play <laughs> yeah so, absolute nightmare but i think i think the i know what you're saying about the, the colours you know might be misleading or something but i think the key thing most people want to see is them having the shots so if you've got so you look at Mane, inside 12 yards 23 shots I mean I know we can see shots on target is a lot of green there which is which is even better but I think for me I want to see my guys taking the shots just as much as I want the quality so to see you know Salah on 23 Antonio on 23 Mane on 23 like that that's a lot that's a, that's a lot of shots from really close so they jump out to me as a
1: not 100%. creator
0: of the chart <laughs>
1: Yeah, 100%. And especially if they're getting so many close to goal where it's quite difficult to create a chance. Like rafinha has got 22, but he probably has more time on the ball to construct an opportunity to shoot. So the fact that Mane, Salah and Antonio are getting so many. Close to goal is really encouraging, but mm. the problem with Mane is always overshadowed by Salah, and his yes. price doesn't make him that accessible. When you watch him, he's you can obviously see how talented he is, but he always he fumbles about and tends to have his shot blocked more often than not. But that's what we've seen in previous game weeks. But clearly, that's evened itself out a little bit. He looks his stats look decent. um I just find it interesting how Conor Gallagher's there, <laughs> like shooting twelve between twelve to fourteen yards <laughs> out. Fifteen yeah. shots, like fairly even distribution, very, very decent, and it's the same as Emblemo. Uh He's a similar sort of price, I think, isn't he? So those five, two are...
0: five, I think. I think he's, he's cheaper than Gallagher, isn't
1: he? I, I'm not even sure. I think so sure. many people own him. But... Yeah, five five. He's five point five million. Embuemo. So those two are um, definitely raising their heads as budget um, players. One point five
0: percent owned. I didn't go there cause I wasn't. I wasn't going to double up on it. Um, I wanted some rotation options for my bench because I've got a good bench. I want to try and rotate for the right fixtures and stuff. But, yeah, he's he's definitely – he's out of position forward, most forward advanced player for Brentford. But coming back to your shot chart here about him off target, that's why people prefer Tony because Tony ha- Tony's not on the list here, right? Oh, no, he, he is. is, there, he or is. He's, he's, he's just further back. He's just, he just seems more clinical. Yeah. Uh, I think – but, I mean – This is something that can train on right this is something he can improve his accuracy so again if he's getting the shots from within 14 yards 5.5 million midfielder with fixtures that turn in what game week nine. Yeah, like why wouldn't you.
1: I think it's really encouraging from Tony and Umbremo's, uh perspective is that they're not really having many shots blocked, which shows that they have that ability to shift the ball and get the shot off on goal. Uh, especially like Mason Greenwood has that ability as well. Uh, he's shooting a bit further out. And Harry Kane has that ability clearly as well. So... Clearly, that's a really valuable opportunity, and obviously, when we're comparing players, it's obviously useful to add that context of how clinical they usually are. I think that disallowed goal that Tony scored—I think it was against, was it Liverpool—and um, they were going to win it four-three, and it was disallowed. That that just really emphasised like how informed this player is. He uh, definitely, he's definitely on my watch list. For He was lucky to not
0: get an assist as well against West Ham (laughs) because he did a beautiful ball through to I think it was Canos and Canos took the shot and then it was spilled by Fabian, well saved sorry by Fabianski, but Canos should have scored and then Umbuemo tapped it in. So you know Tony wasn't lucky like in that situation to to not get an assist as well so that's something as well that we don't see in this chart is also that creative ability that tony has he's not just the out and out talisman striker who goals hangs like um some other players he is uh the guy who drops back he people will say he's like a he's he's like a budget cane yeah right he he's the one who drops back gets the ball and they'll play it over to um yes i I think he's
1: I think he's versatile enough to get in the box and and be a goal hanger as well. But I think Brentford yeah. have had to adapt a little bit since the Championship because I watched all of Tony's goals back from the Championship and uh, I sort of uh, all of them were just tap ins because. Brentford had so much time to construct like the best way to get the ball to him six yards out or whatever. Mm. And they've had to adapt, I think, because obviously they're not going to have those those oh. opportunities in the Premier League. So I think Tony's had to adapt. I think he has adapted and he looks like the real deal. So I definitely eyeing him up. Um So, yeah, I think we'll leave it there for the charts. But let's have a look at our teams, how we're shaping up for uh, game week eight. We're going to start with you, Rob. You've got a 4-3-3 here. Tell me how you got on in game week seven because you wildcarded, didn't you?
0: I did. And I got 40 points. Um, So Guaita 2, Cancelo 0, Diaz 0, Rudiger 2. Christensen didn't play. I did start Christensen for the the previous week Rafinha 3 Sun 10 Salah 13 Gallagher 2 Antonio 2 Tony 2 Lukaku Captain 4. I'm just curious Ted how many points do you have
1: (laughs) what overall yeah overall yeah so yeah the number of points are on the the graphic if you're watching on YouTube so that's 445 for me and 426 for you so that's what 19 points separate 19
0: points and I'm double your rank yeah so it's that still, is a, that is a killer Still slim margins killer. for sure for sure um, yeah so uh I don't want to take too long but I did explain that I'm I'm going to get the back end and my my target is actually a five three two or five two three formation and I do think it's the most flexible and it as a whole theory but I don't know if we should get into it now because I don't want to take up too much people's time. I guess it depends uh,
1: how long you're going to blabber on about it. Because, all right, tell you what,
0: all right, tell you what, because I wrote this down. I wrote this down. <laughs> so it's an untouchable theory, right, where in a back five where you've got a goalkeeper, you've got two Chelsea and you've got two City and Trent as your six players. So an untouchable player is someone that you won't bench ever unless you've got a really good reason, and you'll give them more time so okay. and, uh, the perfect example of this is is salah you're never going to bench mo salah right and you're only going to sell him when you get a real slump in form so that's an untouchable player uh, a, a changeable player or a dro- the dropper balls are the opposite the ones that you'll you'll bring in and bring out so why well, i'm going to go big five at the back with double chelsea double city and, and liverpool because every single week i'm going to be confident in that back five every single week so if I've got a goalkeeper and a back five that's six players in my starting 11 right plus Salah which is seven and then people are going to argue as well that Lukaku and Antonio would also be untouchables right so that's nine players every single game week you only have one free transfer to make so if I'm looking at my team every single game week and I've got my goalkeeper I've got two City two Chelsea and Trent in my back five I'm feeling happy I'm looking at Salah, I'm looking at Lukaku, I'm looking at Antonio. So that means two positions in my team every week. I can chop, change, go on the hot streaky players, go on the, 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 the hot ones, the ones with the best fixtures, whatever I want. Because I've only got two, a maximum of two free transfers a week. So if I just, I know it seems boring, it's almost like a set and forget, where I just stick with that back five, Salah, Lukaku, Antonio, and I just play with those two players. I completely Those get where you're coming from in my start, in my starting eleven, because okay. you look at the, the thing with the defenders as well. It's you've got the value there, so fourteen defenders have got thirty points or more, right? And you're you're looking at the price between five million to six million ish. Trent's seven point five, but he's the not you know, he's above and beyond. Most of the other players are between five and 6.1 million, right? So you've got the value there. Now, I understand that 16 players have 30 or more points. So that's two more than defenders. But if I tell you defenders with 30 or more points are the likes of Cancelo, Alonso, Diaz, Aspilicueta, Rudiger, Van Dyke, Trent, uh, Laporte is in there. These are players, if I told you at the start of the season, they'll have 30-plus points by this point, you'd say, yeah, I can see that. But when you look at the midfielders, way at the top is Mo Salah. You've got Benrahma, Ducore, Townsend, then you've got Sundar Mane, Saar, Fernandez, you would agree, Gray, Pogba, Greenwood, Gallagher, Kovacic, you just, Wild West for me is the midfield, right? So if you've got a solid back five that constantly play, high potential for clean sheets, high potential for returns, you've got an untouchable in Salah, lukaku antonio you've got two positions every week that they you could just focus your two transfers or one transfer every single game week on that one differential to play around with and you it's don't a, have to touch your other 11
1: it's a really interesting like hypothesis almost um like i don't want to rip into it because it's like a creative way like, no I, I i don't because i think it's you could justify it if, if you want to play that way for the entire season i don't think you know if if you want to stick to that then fine but you you've only got a few players you know positions to to play around with and i think it the only thing that probably doesn't account for is the variable change so if uh, like a group of midfielders if you if we suddenly were influxed with massively uh must have midfielders that were scoring 10 points plus every week then it, this this sort of structure would definitely lack versatility into getting to those players. Um so you do need to account for how the season changes. Obviously you just listed a, a loads of midfielders there, like the Takurays and the Greys, who you not don't necessarily want to bring in because it seems counterintuitive. That's definitely likely to change though. People go through purple patches, players could go through purple patches, I mean. Um, and I think the formation is really tricky to get right because you need to maintain that element of versatility. But if you commit to this strategy Mm -hmm. and do it for the entire season i don't think there's much wrong with it i think that probably goes with any sort of strategy if you pick a strategy regardless whether it's a particular formation you play or whether it's a style and you just stick to it for the entire season then i don't think there's anything wrong with that it's when you when you realize oh have i made a mistake here and then you suddenly change and you're suddenly chasing then that's when it can go wrong so if you want to play like this that's absolutely fine I I would never in a million years go down this <laughs> route because it fills me with dread. Um that, that I, I will say though
0: as 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 a, as a if 5 is too much for you a big 4 a the 433 three for me. Is, I got I I fiddled one. around with a
1: 433 three on Wildcard and it it just made me sad. Like I I did, I I just don't I, I just feel like I'm losing something. I'm lacking uh, that seventh attacker is so interesting because you can you can leave it to be flexible you can bring in whoever you want um with a three you can't,
0: but here's my my counter argument for of if, if you've got say these big players bang out of nowhere and you, and you you're playing five in midfield right and two or three of them are seven million and under what happens when two or three of them inevitably drop off because you've only got one free transfer to bring them in and out so when I'm saying I've got five solid at the back and a couple of untouchables and I've only got two or three positions every week to focus on if one is hot or cold I've got a bench as well to rotate them with I don't have to sell immediately I can bench them for a while but if you're playing like a three five two and you've got three or four of these streaky players What do you do when more than one of them start to fall off in terms of four more fixtures?
1: But you could say equally the same thing about whether Chelsea start conceding a goal every week, whether Man City start conceding a goal every week. And you go, why am I lumbered with double Chelsea and double City defence? It's the same thing. It's all about versatility. It's all about the ability to adapt to that variable change. And we have to do that literally every single game week in FPL. So if you are confident enough that those teams are going to be consistently strong at the back throughout the entire season then i haven't i don't have anything bad to say about it if you want to consist if you want to commit to this way of playing then fine uh, i don't think it's i think it's particularly bad but i would never do it in a million years because i like having <laughs> that flexibility huh? so if i've got if I, i've got big at the back at the moment i've got alexander arnold well i don't yet but i will do alexander arnold Cancelo, and rudiger the the flexibility I have is I can still downgrade one of those players to get a valued uh, defensive player and then upgrade another one of my field my midfielders. Whereas you could do that, but you're still stuck with three big premium defenders. Um, and then, well, I mean it's <laughs> it's just the way you want to play, I suppose. But it,
0: it, it's long term stats, though, isn't it with with Chelsea and City in terms of it's not just this season they've been so good defensively. Like you expect them the last few seasons or a couple of seasons like they don't look like letting in a ton of goals and of course yeah it, it could change um but yeah I'm probably aiming for five or, or at least four you know if I go Kristensen up to Trent and go you know Trent, Rudiger, Diaz, Cancelo and play around with the other attack you know Sal doesn't go anywhere Antonio and Lukaku stay Tony's probably gonna stay for a while and just play around with the Sun Rafinha positions or Son Rafinha's Tony positions, play around with those three.
1: It would be, it'd be from from my perspective, it would be really interesting how well this does over the next 10 to 12 game weeks, because as an experiment, almost, you could say that it's grinding away the upside I think is low in this team but the I mean it probably consistently outperforms the, the average. consistency
0: yeah yeah yeah
1: so it's, it's an interesting um, experiment and, and I'm not saying else. full
0: season because uh, obviously I took into account the fixtures and the second wild card so I'm not saying I'm I'm, I'm not committing and saying right right now game week seven to game week 38 I'm playing five at the back um you know you look at the fixtures that that city have up until like game week till January, basically like game week 20-ish. And you look at the fixtures that Chelsea have got until around that time or even beyond. And I just trust their defensive players anyway. And, and in terms of attacking, you know, Concello um, and Trent when Trent's in there, they're two players I can rely on in a, in a, in a fence as well as, as defense, right? Yeah. Um, so it's not like I'm committing this to the entire season. When I made the wild card for game week seven, I look towards the second wild card, so that I'm um, yeah. So I'm well, not saying I'm going to play all season. Uh,
1: let me just... ask you about your your bench because obviously yeah. it's it's very it's very it's it's a very decent bench other than maybe Brownhill who is just like a two pointer every week. But he's mostly going to be third bench for you. Um, yeah. You've got quite a lot of money in either Gallagher or whoever you might drop out of your starting 11, like Christensen. Um, yeah. Firstly, are you worried about Christensen, like his play time? Would you think he just goes straight oh. back in that Chelsea team? Um, and what made you want uh, like an expensive player on your bench? Is it that versatility to target the fixtures each week? Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a
0: versatility, and the fact that that's why I took the risk on the likes of Cancelo and Christensen because I know I want to play five at the back, and if all my five defenders play, I'll be extremely happy. But I understand there's rotation risks at City, and I understand there's rotation risks at Chelsea. Um, so that's why I wanted to have a good bench as well. So not just for me to say, okay, uh, Tony's not going to play this week. Gallagher's, Gallagher's going to play. Um, it was because of, I also understood, there is a rotation risk. And for yeah. 5 million Christensen, when he does play,
1: I think he's fantastic value at 5 million. He good value, but the only concern was, does he play? And he didn't play last week. But I think probably he will play 3 and 4, maybe 4 and I
0: think 5. Do you don't think he's in Chelsea's best 11?
1: Yeah, I think so. Uh, I think so. But, I mean, you're, Thiago Silva's always there, but he's not getting any younger and um Chalabar is young and promising, but he won't play yeah. every game. There's there's that threat that just just worries me. And that's why I didn't go Christensen yeah. in the in the end. But I think if if you're happy uh with that slight threat of rotation from week yeah. to week, then you, your bench can cover it and I think that's absolutely fine. And
0: and it saves my benching headaches. You know, if he doesn't play and my first bench comes off, then you know, I, I don't see usually Christensen coming off the bench so i think that's another thing about having five defenders if they don't play i think they're quite unlikely to come on yeah Yeah, compared to like attacking players um so i just thought for five million i thought christensen was worth it um he's just signed a new deal rudiger's actually i think stalling on a new deal right now so i mean if you've just signed christensen a long-term deal and you've got a possible breakaway defender in rudiger why would you keep playing this is all hearsay i know but this came into my thinking of if i'm the manager of chelsea i've got christensen who's going to stay here for the next 3 5 years whatever and i've got rudiger who's like
1: making noise about not signing a contract and leaving on a free there's no way he's doing that. As you say, it's yeah. just conjecture. He's just stalling to get more money, which is what but, I think is... Yeah,
0: or to say, like, look at all these clubs that want me. I know, but I've got both of them. And and the reason I went with Christensen as well over Alonso or Chilwell, um, not just for money, but because of rotation.
1: Yeah, agreed.
0: Well, you know, so Christensen might get rotated, true. But if I was to say to you, do you want Alonso or Chilwell or Christensen, who do you think is the most nailed of the three? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. It's a difficult questions. I so a... might as well pay five million
0: for, for the guy rather than five point eight or
1: nine or whatever they're worth now. It is a very difficult question. So we'll leave your team uh with the last question, which is are you, what are your plans? You're moving Son, maybe not this no, week. Uh, not
0: this week. But... Correct. Yeah. So when I when I wildcarded, I obviously had Trent in and then he got injured. So I was like, okay, Trent injury plus Watford against Son, who's got Villa and Newcastle. And then two free transfers to go son to a 6.6 million midfielder or below and trent so that was how i weighed it so son unless trent goes out there and gets 30 points or whatever for for liverpool against watford if he plays because he's still flagged um you know son went off and got me 10 points against villa and i'm telling you he was absolutely phenomenal his second assist which went down as a known goal for target was it was like his burnley goal he just did so much dribbling beautiful he had a such a good game he was so hungry that i don't even want to sell him but <laughs> that that was that was my my decision my wild card do so i just drop trent for for two games where he doesn't even play one of them so my decision is to probably roll it and then sun to a 6.6 and trent in for Livermento and go for the big back five. I've been you
1: that. That, that back five will look insane, but, I mean, arguably insanely good. It's just the rest of your team that I... Yeah... I don't know. It's going to take some getting used You've to. You've played
0: a 4-5-1, <laughs> You have played a 4-5-1. Don't I'm you just, come at me with my formation. I'm
1: just annoyed that I'm going to have to do these graphics for you with a 5 at the back. That really makes me really angry.
0: <laughs> yeah, I've got the same feeling. I've got the same feeling. I'm right, going to let's... change it every week. I'm going to, I'm going to play 5-2-3, 5-3-2, two, oh. 2 4 th- I'm going to change it every week just for you. That will really annoy me.
1: Right, let's move on <laughs> to... <laughs> Move on to my team. Well, let's finish it with my team. I've got I've got Samado there, which was basically a one-week punt against Newcastle, which didn't pay off. But two point seven in the bank, and that's basically more than enough to upgrade Samado to Alexander yeah. Arnold. Fingers crossed, he's fit for Watford. I think it's a good, a really good fixture for Liverpool. Uh, but I won't be making that move until I hear more about Alexander Arnold's fitness. Um, but otherwise, I'll be I'll probably be banking the transfer. I'm most likely going to be playing Ben White from first bench um, if Rafinha is out, so it might move to four three three out of necessity, not choice. Um, <laughs> Mason Mount hey. is the one that I'm a little bit miffed about, I guess, because he, he seems like the most leap of faith player here, but his performance at the end of the last Chelsea game, because he, he was only subbed on, uh, did encourage me. He did look really lively. And the comments about his relationship with Lukaku, along with Kovacic, uh, obviously did um, encourage me to bring him in. And it, he obviously has a, a, a prioritisation in that starting 11. What if he's completely fit, I should say, uh, under Tuchel. So that does encourage me. Hopefully, with Chelsea's good fixtures, he does start playing the next four games, and he can reap the rewards. Uh, otherwise, um, I'll just have to put it down as really sort of bad, bad decision from my part because it, I did. I was considering the likes of Grealish, but then again, Grealish hasn't really been doing that much. Uh, and Janny, Gianni, Janny's shout about uh, Phil Foden was was an excellent one. Obviously, with recency and outcome bias, that's easy to say. Uh, considering Foden went to go and score, but Man City attack also is. Uh, a massive minefield, because you just never oh, know. You just never know whether they're going
0: to play. So Foden's probably not going to play the next three. And yeah. before people yell in the comments, like, oh, he's going to play the next three first. Nobody knows what what the Man City starting eleven is, right? But that we just don't know. It's that, so I think he'd been unlucky with Mount. I think he's a fantastic shout. If people don't want to go double Chelsea defence um, and they want Lukaku... I think the price I said preseason last season mount stats were way up there um I think he's he, you've been really it was just the worst time like you couldn't have timed it worse and that wasn't your fault that he got brought off at half time and then he missed the game and got injured and stuff like I don't I won't kick yourself too hard about that I don't think he's he's not played and being awful you know he's just not played which I don't know if that's worse or better but
1: yeah i I think it's nice of you to say but i do i think i am kicking myself slightly because i don't i don't usually follow the same process when you're wild carding it's more here are all the players with really good fixtures you've got to decide on your best team structure and all this sort of stuff usually when i bring in a player he's got to have some good stats and been playing most of the games in the last six mason mount has been you know Injured, subbed on, subbed off. He neither here nor there. And I've taken a massive leap of faith on him, and I've only just brought him in because of some encouraging comments, because of the manager and some <laughs> uh, some useful. He's done, you. Well, he's, he's completely done me, and it's, it's just a bad <laughs> shout from me. Hopefully, my bad decision making gets rewarded unjustly in the future because of those good fixtures. Uh, and 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 he's he, he's decent. You know, he, he he's in good. Uh, Not not in good form. Um, He's fit now because that's what the manager has confirmed. So that's what I'm banking on. But the likes of Werner coming in and scoring doesn't fill me with tremendous hope, considering there's only three forward options uh, behind uh, other than Lukaku. Um, There's two
0: behind him. Yeah,
1: exactly. So I'm gambling a lot, I think, and I I would have maybe maybe an upgrade to Phil Foden. Uh, if I can have, if I can find the cash somewhere, maybe it's something that I have to bite the bullet and do. I think you'll kick yourself more about
0: Foden, man, because you just know he's going to miss two every two every
1: five. I, I don't know. I, it's a, it's really difficult to um, speculate about the city attack because we just don't know. At the end of the day, you know, they're all what's... they're all decent.
0: What's interesting is actually our teams are not like this. So when we just pop back to the five at the back, it's literally your Mason Mount and Saka against my two defenders. The, the rest <laughs> of our team is is almost the same. It's just Mason like you, Mount you've and chosen, Saka. For, for example, if you went Saka down and brought in like a Dia, because how how much is Saka? six point six point two? Yeah, something like 6. that. 6.2. So you could get Diaz in there or a Chelsea defender like Chilwell or whatever. So Saka drops down. You bring in that Chelsea or City defender, and then it's Mount against another defender. That's all the difference is, you know. Like when that I say five difference. at the back, it, it sounds like it's it's crazy, and I'm so different to you. But it's actually only two players. Yeah, but big... only you've got Jimenez, but that's it's still <laughs> a striker.
1: The big difference is that. You were. There's not many other options in defence, other premium options that you could move to. Whereas, if oh, Harvey, maybe. if Harvey Barnes has a run of form, I could easily jump on him. If whoever oh, uh, yeah, Barnes on purpose.
0: You know I had him for six games and he didn't.
1: I'm just using to it as a, no. a facetious, you know. Uh, if if a certain player goes on a run of form and becomes you know borderline bandwagon essential, that could um... be my
0: one transfer. That's what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, but that's you don't want
1: Yeah, but you don't want to get rid of Salah or Rafinha. So who are you going to budge? That's the dilemma that you're going to face in the coming weeks. You're going to be like, who on earth do I get rid of? I like all my attacking players, so it's it's a tough one. It's a tough one. Yeah, going
0: throw travers, to... Throw. Transfers, I'm going, to, I'm going to swap my <laughs> 4 million goalkeepers. So throw away a transfer, guys. cluster out. Steal in. That's what I'm going to
1: do. Sounds exciting. Well, anyway, I think we'll leave it there. Um, but overall, I'm pretty happy with my team. Uh, once Alexander Arnold comes in from Samedo, I think it's a fairly decent, uh, well-rounded team, other than Mason Mount, who hopefully comes into form. I'm pretty happy with it. So we'll leave it there from from the video perspective. Um thank you so much for for joining me if you're if you're watching on YouTube and thanks to Rob for also joining. Uh that was one of our shorter one Robs. Like an hour and 26 minutes is pretty uh, <laughs> pretty like, short. We didn't,
0: re- we, didn't, we didn't review a lot this time but I just it just gets me I think people just need to remember like I'm not by the way saying people should play five at the bag this is just how I want to play and that's absolutely fine yeah. so when I'm giving my ideas and I'm trying to back it with with some suggestions you don't have to do what I'm doing I'm not saying copy me I'm just this is how I'm going to play and I'm going to see how it's going to go I I say it every time I'm going to try and win the thing or or I'm going to come two million that's yep. the way i play like i i'm all or nothing so
1: i mean we all have play styles we all play either yeah. aggressively or defensively or humbly or whatever um and i completely respect that creativity from your perspective and if it works then all credit to you um it's just whatever we feel comfortable with i think you can directly relate playing fpl with your personality um like however you live your life and how you know how what of a risk taker you are so uh, I think there's nothing wrong with it, mate, and um, you should just stick to your guns and do whatever you feel oh, that right. makes makes you happy at the end of the day, because that's why we play this game. So, um, yeah, nice little positive uplift message to end on. Love that. Um, so thanks for joining me, Rob. Uh, I will speak to you next week, and um, all mate. the best for Game Week 8. And um, see you guys in a-